Hi, this is Akshay. And this is Salar. And, and this, this is, is the Missing Pages, Pages podcast. In this podcast, we will talk about nutrition, plant medicines, biohacking, and meditation. Today's guest is Alina Kufchinova. Page one. <laughs> <laughs> you can start. So let us know when you're alive. Are we alive? No, we're alive. We're alive. So we're alive. It's, we've been alive for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's good. go. Alrighty, this is officially our first podcast um, with our amazing guest who just came from Costa Rica, Alina. I can't spell your last name. <laughs> pronounce your last name. Hi, uh, it's Alina Kufshinova. Uh, can you please give us a summary of how you get into this journey and like how you um, you become familiar with psychedelics and what was the, when was the first time you tried it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think psychedelics is... Um, a very small piece of a much, much bigger picture. I think people are getting very excited about the psychedelics because it's such a radical human experience. But, um, and I think that people are hungry for it because we've been disconnected from our spiritual paths, a deeper um, sensitivity to ourselves. We've began to live in our heads, be disconnected from nature. And we are nature. Um, I have um, been on my personal path um, since I was 17. It was something that I was kind of thrown into. Um, at 17 years old, I just graduated high school at the time, and I took a trip back to my motherland, which was Russia, which is where I was born, and I haven't been there for 10 years at that time. And um, while I was sleeping there, I had this intense dream, and in the dream... I was back in Canada and I had people walking around and telling me, oh, there's going to be a solar eclipse. There's going to be a solar eclipse. And the dream was normal. And at some point, somebody that I was walking with, I remember the person, but he, he pointed up and he was like, oh, look, there's the solar eclipse. And in my dream, I look up at the sky and this thing grabs me and pulls me in into this world that is so much more real than real life. It's the most visceral, most awe, most personally breaking thing I've ever seen. And what I was looking at, I knew was all of the knowledge of the entire universe right before me. And what it looked like physically was this huge 
red planet engulfing the sky. And it started to draw these patterns in golden fire all over like a map of the world, of our universe. And I knew from the core in my heart, it was just this, it was like this portal open up in this awe, like I'm looking at God itself, like all the knowledge of the entire universe. And I was looking at these patterns and I focused in on one of them and it pulled me into this timeline where I was witnessing someone be born and live through their entire life and die. And the moment that the person died, I snapped back into the reality of watching that whole planet and the the patterns. And I realized that entire lifetime happened in less than a millisecond in in that reality and in that moment I was like holy shit (laughs) you know like this is so important these patterns are so important and I and I was overwhelmed with this feeling like, oh, I got to remember them. I got to remember them. And I, I remember I looked at it and I started to focus on, on the way that it curved and I wanted so badly to remember it. And I wake up and I knew I was pushed out of that because I was trying to hold on to it. I knew it. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit what the fuck that's crazy i can't like what was that you know and so then a couple of weeks go by and i fly back to canada at that moment and i um am invited into this meditation circle held by this um healer woman this um intuitive person and uh, we get together and it's a group of, of a bunch of young people around my age that have also gone to high school with me. And it's just guys and I'm the only girl. And then there's this woman and she's like, you know, you know, I've heard of her and I had all these expectations. And what I saw, I like my mouth dropped. She was so even though she was in her like 50s, 60s, she looked so young. She was so radiant. And even though I knew she already had an impression of who I was because of some people talking about me that she was working with, she saw me and she looked at me with the utmost love. And I felt like she could see all of my judgments, all of my harshness, all of my, my walls. And then she loved me anyway, like purely. And it was the first time in my life I have met anyone that, that it it was like I was really looking at what love looked like. like. Pure, like a purity. Like I, pure love. Yeah. Pure, unconditional love 
which was so rare that it made that occurrence like so vibrant against the rest of the world that I knew that I was exposed to that was conditional and we had this incredible meditation session and she went through so many different spiritual concepts and she talked in poetry and I can understand her and it's like I could hear that love inside me too and we had this incredible profound session of the energy that she held too and um, at the end she asked if any of us had any questions and I said well actually I had this dream you know maybe I thought maybe she could have some insight on it and I described what I saw and uh, very quickly she was like oh, can I take a look? And um, I was like, okay. (laughs) And um, I closed my eyes and I figured, yeah, you know, it's good, you know, to ask permission of, you know, and I said, kind of felt into myself and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever that means, she can take a look. And um, I felt physically... I I was sitting with closed eyes and I felt physically somebody touch me in the chest, like my heart, like this, like physical, like density, like touch me. And I was like, whoa, how'd she get across the room so fast? And I opened my eyes to check and she's still across the room. Nobody's touching me, but it, it, it was so real. It felt like somebody was touching me and I was like, okay. And I closed my eyes and I'm very open from the session and and a few seconds just go by and she says, oh, um, those patterns that you saw, um, they're sigils. And I said, I have no idea what sigils are. What is a sigil? And uh, she says, oh, well, I'll show you. And she opens her bag and she takes out a book and she opens a page And it's the exact pattern that I was trying to memorize in my dream. It was the exact same one. And in that moment, it was like my mind was like, it just, it was like, okay, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I'm getting out of here. I don't know anything. (laughs) It was just like left and I was like, holy shit, something's really happening here and I have no idea and I can't understand and I'm at the mercy of something so much bigger than me and my understanding that's moving through me and my life and I need to I need to surrender and because of that it opened up this whole realm of reality that I had no idea no idea and it wasn't my doing but it was me having to step out of the way and trust it and let it inside me and through me and what followed were two years of hyper um psychedelic experiences with absolutely no psychedelics with absolutely no exposure to that but it was moving through me through intense 
um, meditations. And um, I had my meditation group and we started taking amazing trips out into nature uh, where we would go on nature trails and off trails. We would walk through rivers, swim through waterfalls and really rediscover what our lives meant. And this is all happening in Canada? Yes. This is all while residing in Toronto, but we would drive out for an hour or a couple hours to connect with with nature because as all of this was opening inside me, that that was really the force that uh, kept teaching me. And but back in that time, you never tried like any psychedelic. You said no. Uh, is this is I actually had like similar experience when I was back in Iran, but um, my first time trying psychedelic was actually two months ago. So <laughs> I'm very new to psychedelics. Uh, I smoke weed. Like some weeds is not psychedelic as a lot of people know, but like uh, most people um, mistaken weed as a psychedelic experience, which is not. Um, but my first experience without any psychedelic it was when I was 18 years old, 18 or 19. I quite don't remember it. But I had this um, teacher. Back then I was studying um, wood engineering, wood industrial engineering, something in that term. doesn't matter. Wooden I, engineering? Wood industrial engineering, which we were oh. like a study about like um, how um, a strong wood is against different forces. And the wooden structures like houses and all that stuff. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was good. Then I dropped it and I (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I did art. Um, But um, I the most I would say um, from that whole like major that I studied for about like three years, there was just one teacher that it put the most influence in my entire life. And uh, that was the first time he introduced me to this whole world of, uh, like, I don't want to say supernatural, but it is it is kind of supernatural. It's it's let's, we can put it in a way like saying this is an unknown world to all of us that we just need to discover. And like, there's so much, so little research is done about this, and there's so little people around like around us that we we really need to seek and find them, and. Uh, and just let them lead us to what they know and then we take the journey and take it further and kind of like mature this whole thing. I have to say that um, with psychedelics and even understanding the, the reality and the mind, there are thousands of years of teachings and tradition thousands of years there are um, people that have dedicated their lives that have studied it that have been born into lineages that pass on this teaching Um, it is not um, part of the world of science yes but there are tribes that work with medicine um that very much intertwine their experience of their identity and their reality and and the medicine that they carry and honoring the um 
the lineage into which they were born in order to carry this thing forward that has been developed for thousands of years. If you look at Buddhist teachings, thousands and thousands of years of studying the workings of the mind. Now, this thing is so intricate, so logical, extremely logical teachings. It's like the science of the mind. And um, not just taken by you know, an average Joe that just meditates, which has immense amount of wisdom. Yes, but there are people that have gotten degrees where you have to study for 20 years, you know, and really understanding the intertwinedness of our minds and our realities. In in Persian Empire, so this teacher of mine told me, like, there there are some symbols that you see in, like, the Persian history and Persian Empire that um, they repeatedly they use these and in, in their um, architecture and structure, mm-hmm. and um, and you see that and like sometimes some um, some historians they say oh these animals back then they existed but they they actually didn't exist there was just like some patterns that like started like and shaping like an animal and people like re- relating those to the like oh this must be an animal because they didn't really know these patterns now he he like he gave me like a string of this and it was like this is um unfortunately i don't have like the best data about this and the reason is because i grew up in a country where um unfortunately religion and uh, and the persian empire history they were always like contradicting that's why um they a lot of like the information in between lost but one of the experiences that i had um was there was this guy he was um living 500 kilometers away from where i was living and my teacher took me there and um, we we went to his door and he like to knock his door and at some point we got to his house and all that and his wife opened the door he was like come back in a month and we were like we came like far away and she was like he's he cannot he he's like in his own journey he cannot uh, respond to you guys like you you just have to come back I'm so sorry um. Well, she she kind of like sheltered us for that night as a hospitality, and like we uh, we spent the night there. But uh, the day after, went back, came back for a month, and then um, my instructor, my teacher, told me, Salar, like in, you just don't say anything, just observe, and like just you know, like be be the observer. And the whole conversation, all that stuff was happening. There was they were talking about the third eye. They were talking about that seeing through people's heart. They're talking about, and without even like saying anything, this guy would have like told me, "You're gonna get out of this country at some point. You're going to a long trip." And I I came to Canada like ten years ago. Back in that time, this is three years before that time, and I had no idea. That, like this is gonna happen in my I, I, it, this just like wasn't the plan and he was like telling me all this stuff you're gonna completely have a different path than the path that you're having right now and I didn't say anything after that I was just nodding like okay and I was a little kid but um, it really um, raised my curiosity and uh, there's another I, I got interested in um, 
reading books about it and one of the like maybe intro books that got me really interested is paulo coelho and um you probably have read all these books and yeah and um and i i read all these books in, in the um, translation in farsi translation and there was one book before the um, the alchemist that I, I i don't know the name of the book but it's his first book the pilgrimage the pilgrimage yeah mm-hmm. but because i i know the farsi name but i don't know the english mm-hmm. name so mm-hmm. and then um and he had some practices in it it was like oh play with the water play with the fire and like sit down do meditation imagine a pillar of fire on your left imagine a p- and then after you do that for like a couple of times then you imagine a pillar of fire on your right and then eventually you start you start talking to your own spirit so you talk you have two pillars of fire on each side and then you talk to yourself in the middle it was weird which i'm still i didn't read the book in english but the farsi book i i don't know if like it's i had a direct translation but it's basically it's a journey of a man who goes through um this um he meets new people to find like his destination um i guess it's like a christian path or something like that yeah uh it's it's really 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 interesting and i definitely recommend for anybody who's never done psychedelic who's who just want to like like this is a really gentle way to just get into the the path the path of like learning about what is this like why are we doing this this is not a party drug this is not something that you just do it for fun this is like paul stomach says it this is actually very serious it, people should really take it more seriously than just use it in a party and have fun and and let it go yeah that's interesting i think um a lot of people have talked about psychedelics do bring out the archetypes that humans have throughout the history so it's like it's a there's an archetype of a healer there's an archetype of a hero there's an archetype of a uh, uh, a warrior a uh, medicine man i think medicine man and healer is the same one but yeah those exist and psychedelics do bring out those things in people and uh, the other thing is i i have uh, i've also had similar experiences where i met people that had a little more intuition and they would say things that would come to be true in the years uh, after those um, those brief interactions with those people and i would think about those people they knew something at that point and then there were people who uh i had meetings with and they would say oh you do you, can i see your uh, sketchbook art book um I was like I don't have it with me but they would say like yeah you would do something with art and sketch in the future so I thought I you would have something on you and uh so that was like this there was this inter- right small interaction with a guy selling uh grocery uh, grocery and he he said that you'll be doing something with art and design in the future that was probably like 20 years ago so that was really interesting and um oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. yeah this this was akshay chauhan that was talking. <laughs> um and my name is salar salahi just like i forgot to 
do the introduction first. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just like we're so excited to just jump jump right into it. <laughs> no, that's good too. I think. Yeah. Um. These pe- people like this do exist. Um. It's really important that you don't push them away if they come, um, to your path and just welcome them with curiosity. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, just kind of getting into more of, of my personal journey, um, when, you know, I was very young when this started to happen to me and, um, after two years of this kind of intense uh self-development um i you know felt like i was connected to something very divine um i felt um like other aspects of my being were were talking to me you know and basically what it created was this spiritual ego. Um, Now, this is something that I think a lot of people uh, warn against, is building this image of self around the experiences, the holy experiences that that you have. And um, even though there was an aspect of myself where I knew on the opposite end, I was nothing, so nothing could really touch me. I then enrolled in a conservatory, a theater conservatory, which was kind of like my spiritual purgatory. And what it did to me was actually take me out from this height that I was like flying in my life and in my consciousness and in my my sense of self and all of this and what it did was it took me and smashed me to the ground and uh invalidated everything that I was and invalidated and made me feel unloved and unsupported and not safe and yet I was trudging and purging my life through this experience and what what happened was, I remember this distinct moment where we were doing breath work and doing voice work, and I realized that I was a human being. And I wailed and I cried, whereas before I thought that I was God. And I was actually a human being. And it was so fucking tragic. And I. Uh, graduated I I mean it was a very highly competitive program Um, you know like 500 audition 35 get in every semester they kick off people you know 12 to 15 graduate and I went through this process and I saw a lot of people break down emotionally spiritually everything me included and I left and I felt empty And it took me a very long time to start putting back the pieces of myself. I mean, 
where I was flying before and now I'm literally a broken, like psychologically broken person. And I didn't know this at the time of how important that was for me and my spiritual journey. And it took me years to understand what was happening. Sometimes things just like, it's like a slap. It's like a slap in the face. It happens and you don't realize it until like years after. And it's important. And what what it takes me down to now is a different way that I see my life and the spiritual path is far more grounded, is very intense, but so much more grounded. And it's very important because a lot of people kind of get into the mind and into this excited idea of like, oh my God, we're an aspect of God and like we're just flying and it's just like all high vibes and it's like, it's actually not rooted. Um, it, it then starts to create the separation almost like we are like the divine carriers and we are here to save the world in a way and everybody else just needs to either catch up or they needs they need our saving or it's this kind of like story around it whereas um now getting guidance from elders um you know really hearing the concepts of buddhism understanding the the ways of karma, understanding emptiness, understanding that we are emptiness, all of these things. Um, it's like it's completely transforming my understanding of that. And so when it comes to psychedelics, uh, you know, it's, it's also dangerous because it's, it's throwing people into these states with absolutely no context no example around them of what what is natural of of grounding our mind into gratitude of of having examples of elders that have walked the path around us of uh, having the family setting of having lineages that hold such spiritual grounding and strength that we can trust and surrender ourselves to you know without all of these resources we're just floating heads like uh, and and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed, it is. It's definitely it's a science of its own that like people really need to pay attention to it. It's not something that you just learn on your on your own. It's like everything else, like physics, math. You need a teacher. You definitely need a teacher to teach you. To and it's all start from simple meditation. Even if you if you have never done psychedelic or something, you, I believe everybody must do meditation every single day. And uh, we, we are living in a world where we are always dealing with um, the city sound and the, the, the these like technology, the, the artificial sounds that like it's we it's all man-made we all made all these like all these sounds around us and electronics we are all always like looking at our phones we're basically happy slaves always like looking at our phones but 
and like listening to music headphones all day personally in my life uh, most of us like i guess it's like me we have like behind the desk job we just sit there focus on the thing that we have to do which um you know sometimes is productive toward like discovering if if you put as a as a main goal of like life if if this is how i look at it if i say in my lifetime whether it's gonna be if i gonna die today or i'm gonna die in 30 years my whole lifetime my main goal is to add something new to this world and i believe that should be a goal for every single human being and like you should find your journey and like fulfill your path and that's that's where you find the true peace in peace inside your heart um so in order to get that goal on on your daily basis you're doing you're eating certain things you're doing certain things um in my job i used to be um i used to work in vfx industry where i was serving the entertainment industry and uh at some point i felt this is not this is not close to fulfilling my journey this is not close to me serving the human kind or serving this world this world has given me a life and i have to serve and like a colon we are i look at the world like we are all the colony of ants and like or we are a colony of bees and if you look at earth we are just like it's just like a planet of a millions of like like billions planets are in this and there's there's absolutely no ego in here there is like if a person stands out and be like oh i want to i want to like um i'm like fair i'm above all of these things i'm above all of this planet and the universe and that that could like take that person to a um different journey that it's not meant to be um i feel this is this is really important that on your daily practice you add meditation and uh you you think about what you're eating and what you're doing and how how humble you are to other people how how much kindness you're entering your heart and your and your impact on other people on your daily basis you just gotta you just gotta have like that self-awareness coming back coming back to alina's point i think um yeah i i notice um so within archetypes there is uh there is a famous author i the name is skipping my memory carl young no not carl young he wrote like four archetypes the mad magician warrior and maybe maybe um so in that he talks about when we explore our mind meditation we need uh an initiation into that process we need somebody who guides us in that space um if you look at any of the lord of the rings movies um a wizard um the the hero comes into contact with a wizard that shows him a way and then he guides him through through the the path and so 
I mean, he shows him the the good side and the bad side, like the way Yoda shows in Star Wars. And then, um, yeah, Hero has a conflict and he decides uh, what resonates with him and he chooses a path. Um, and I think, again, to your point, um, yeah, the psychedelics allow you to enter into those states. Um, but then you need some guidance in navigating those spaces. And it's not even just psychedelics. If you could uh, practice meditation for hours and hours, and then um, not just hours, but like over a course of years, you enter into these, uh, I think they call it the liminal spaces, and you you still need guidance and understanding of how to navigate those spaces otherwise you can get sucked by your desires into those spaces or emotions and uh, and from what i've read in uh, shinzen young's uh, book uh, science of enlightenment he talks about there are places where you it gives you, it serves your desire but it's not something that allows you to go higher into your practice of meditation which is another reason why i'm doing this podcast to meet some of those uh, people who have that intuition and who have that knowledge and they can guide me in the right uh, path and help me explore the deeper uh, energies and all the things that we don't really see mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah i found i find so much wisdom in what both of you shared um i think absolutely meditation is an essential part of kind of taking an internal shower in yourself and um you know Understanding all the psychological, emotional, all of the imprints that we walk around collecting and just having a space and that reset and that navigation through the archetypes or whatever is happening or or having coming to a place of internal guidance where we can really like hear what's moving through us Um in terms of impulse and life force. And all of this is coming out of somewhere. It doesn't just appear all of a sudden and, uh, you know, it, it's all cause and effect. It's all, um, you know, karma that's actually moving through you. Um, what is karma in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, uh, I don't have an opinion about karma. I just... Um, I listen to to the guidance of um, uh, one of the Buddhist monks that I uh, I have a really strong connection with is Geshe Michael Roach. Uh, he's a Westerner who's one of the I think he's the only one that has uh, um, graduated as a Geshe after twenty some years of um, study. And the way that he explains um, karma and emptiness is finally in a way that I'm really starting to understand. And um, 
even though there's so much deeper of understanding for me to still go through because it's a deepening process over time of deeper and deeper understanding like layers and layers and layers and really it's um karma is any movement in in the mind it's any movement whatsoever and everything in your life is your karma everything that you see every person that you meet every thought that you have is karma and it comes from the movement of how you have treated the other in the past the other is a perception of the other but it's real as well and so this creates ripples and it comes right back to us so uh, what he also does is he um, kind of breaks down the rules of like how to to um, plant karmic seeds so if you're harvesting a certain kind of energy or something that you want to attract in your life um, you have to plant the seed in the mind of another so actually if you want to have a successful business you must find somebody who's also striving to get one and help them achieve it and there are certain other meditations on top of that to help you create the karma in the world so that energy can come um back to yeah it so, sounds like um like and to me it feels like when you said when you use the example ripple it looked like there's a sphere we have like if we use earth as an example and then when the there's a drop happens and that drop it's like it's if you are the drop that it just like goes on earth you make a ripple and this ripple goes around this sphere and eventually comes back to you that's again. right yeah 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 what a brilliant visual yeah um and i think emptiness um is also a really important thing to define uh in buddhism it's uh you know there's many misconceptions of what what we think emptiness is some some people think oh you know it's uh like just blackness you know just like nothing um and that's not it um and and some people think oh you know if you just don't think of anything that's emptiness and and quite honestly that's not it um and the way that it was described and this could really help a lot of people is um in this example that was given me of a pen and you have a you know just this regular pen and when a human being looks at a pen the moment that he sees it a karmic seed opens up in his mind and he sees a pen so an object that you can write with you know and do all you know make art or whatever and and that's the pen he sees a pen and you just can't help it and you know it's real that's a real thing um and then a dog comes into the room 
and the dog looks at the pen and this karmic seed opens up and he sees a chew toy and he's like yeah. fuck yeah you know yeah. and is that real for him yeah 100% like that karmic seed super freaking real for yeah. the dog and he'll never ever see a pen unless he takes the pen and starts trying to like write with it you know it will always be a chew toy now if both the human and the dog are in the room what is it well it's both and it's both a chew toy and a pen and if you know the human leaves it's a chew toy and if the dog leaves it's empty it's completely empty it's not a pen it's not a chew toy you know at most it's just uh an object with a certain kind of density and a certain kind of color taking a, taking a space inside another space mhm and you know in accordance to quantum physics it might not even be in the room anymore we don't know <laughs> so that's emptiness as defined by buddhist teachings now to hold the understanding that everything is empty including ourselves including the meaning that we put on anything so if we uh pay somebody with money you know that means something in our world but if we do this knowing that it's also empty we are creating incredible karma in the world knowing i'm empty you're empty the money's empty and i'm giving it to you amazing karma as opposed to oh this really means something and i'm like you know i'm really losing something and you're really gaining something and all of the story this karmic yeah. story that we have no if it's empty you feel the difference in your mm. soul and spirit this knowing and it's very important because i think it can ground us into what's actually happening here that makes so much sense It's yeah crazy. you know when you think of money as empty you start to explore more of more of experiences and not think of money as just money it's just a way for you to get more experiences in life and the value of money just diminishes you are weighing an equality of an experience versus the monetary value and i think coming back to so many things you have said in so far i think it's like for the uninitiates of uh, tibetan buddhism tibetan mysticism it's uh, it's going to be completely new i heard this of uh a decade ago where um some physicists had said um there is a poetic beauty in buddhism uh which only a high level physicist can understand because although they are describing everything in terms of emptiness uh or thoughts or vibrations but but uh, to a physicist's mind they they seem very tangible uh things and 
they see that it, it is a very ancient way of describing how reality is in some ways um i read this one book that kind of uh, it's called uh, foundation of tibetan mysticism by lama angarako i forgot his last name but then i i guess like uh, the four pages of that book were so um so deep that i never really finished the book and i <laughs> i just got stuck by the thought of like how do we produce sound it was so intense like how do a uh, feeling translates into words from our mouth mm. and we have set a meaning to a sound that we make and the other person understands that sound mm mhm it's very telepathic actually yeah. i have uh, for some reason a really exquisite childhood memory and from a very profoundly young age and i remember learning language for the first time oh. and i remember um understanding a sound through correlation of the um it was like this meaning that somebody said it with and i could almost feel and see the transference of its meaning telepathically like passing oh. into my being and i'd be like oh that's what you mean and there's so many ways in which we communicate yeah. you know so um yeah super fascinating that is fascinating fascinating yeah mhm mm now i think that beyond uh buddhism i think buddhism i mean i i'm always very attracted to it and i i do understand it's helping me logically understand and 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 really see what's going on but there's also a different element i think to our reality that is very physical and very much connected to the natural world and nature itself and for some reason i have um always been very drawn to that experience um of listening to the wisdom of nature like mm. the conscious transference of intelligence and energy and patterns and being able to learn also through uh physicalness um you know in in the aspects of myself when i've felt like my mind and my emotions and everything broke the thing that i went to right away was physicalness rediscovering myself in the world through movement and dance um through going back into my body through grounding into the physical you know element and and that being the root um of my being i think that um that grounds us into almost a, a feminine quality of this understanding that we're not like a pinpoint focus uh that we're actually in intertwined energy together 
And this kind of understanding for me, that's also amplified by working with plant medicines. And I can get into that as well um, through my experiences. But um, I think collectively, that's really a thing we need to be more aware of and bringing our attention as beings. Because as I said, we're very intellectual, we're very mind-oriented, but we get disconnected from our instincts, from our animal, from our physicalness, and there's so much information, so much intelligence of our being within this body. Um, I and, think yeah. I think a a very important thing that people should practice is mindfulness and with that when they are mindful and present in their surrounding and in the moment then they will start to notice a lot of things that you're just mentioning. Mm-hmm. When you're mindful um it's it's a very hard to achieve state um Plant medicines definitely help that. Uh, Years of meditation or months of meditation could bring you into into that state. You start to feel energies. Uh, You start to feel... um, When, I mean, before mindfulness, you wouldn't have noticed things. And after just being more mindful, you will notice that there's a sense of your feet touching the floor. There's a sense of like some tingling in energy flowing through your body there is a sense of um when you're eating something and after 30 minutes later you're digesting and energizing your body mm-hmm. and you you don't really get that if you're not mindful and yeah it's it, it's not just being mindful i guess it's also being I, I guess also more open about it like more open to these things and then your mind starts to observe these things a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's such an important aspect, which I think um, brings to to the point of that mindfulness and awareness, strivance and practice being so important as a also as a prerequisite in. Uh, taking any plant medicine because plant medicine will only enhance what's already there moving through you in in that time and space in your process and your life process so if you're not doing the practices it will just amplify you know all the neuroses all of the incompleteness maybe for yeah. some people yeah. it really does open up like a thing that they really see something and they're like shit things will never be the same i'll change forever yeah. but that's so much more dangerous because you have no idea how they're gonna integrate that um so if you have a mindfulness practice and it enhances that because these medicines enhance your senses uh, to the uppermost. So it's like everything that's already there. And with things like ayahuasca, in my experience, um, you know, my, my experience with ayahuasca, I did not seek her. 
I, you know, they call it her yeah. as a grandmother because it is uh, the spirit of nature. I do not personify it as an aspect that is outside ourselves. And as I said, I've been working with nature. Thank God for throughout my journey. So for me, coming, being gently, gently guided uh, into it through the guidance of people um, that have been, uh, you know, passed on this medicine through the the Amazon uh, tribes and the lineages and understanding and getting the blessing um, from those tribes in order to carry that medicine. And the medicine chose those people. And they've been doing it for over 20 years in blessing and carrying this in a very particular way. So, you know, these... Um, these ceremonies go all throughout the night and you get increments, tiny increments of gently starting to allow the medicine to meet your biology. And it's like you don't even feel anything and you're just being carried by the, the music that carries the prayers. The prayers of... Um, the healthy mind that is in complete alignment with natural forces. It reinforces that as an example for you to let go and allow that to wash into you. So in my experience, really there's this, uh, you know, as you gently, you're gently, gently, gently guided into it throughout the night. It's never like, oh, boom, like we're full force, ongoing. It's, it's really you are meeting the spirit and um, maybe even closer to sunrise, she'll finally melt into you. Now, again, this is my experience and it might be very different from other people. But again, from me doing that work in myself, in my life for years and integrating the forest and really being with the forest and letting my biology adjust and shift for that part of the world, you know, takes time. And then finally, for me, um, it's like, when I finally meet ayahuasca, it's as if the inherent the inherent senses that are our birthright to have but we have been cut off from because of trauma are finally put back and and it's like it clicks back into place and we can see ourselves as the web of nature herself through time. You could see the lineages of time, how they unfold, how they're playing out, uh, where we are in our life. Uh, uh, woven into the 
into this cosmic web, all of that becomes apparent beyond our life because it's like the senses are plugged back into where they belong. And it's like, how could we possibly even have been cut off from this? And for me, it was very apparent that there was a severe trauma period where it's it's very natural in in the in nature and yeah. how it's written biologically you could see that in a dangerous period only the the awareness and all of the the nutrients and all of the energy go back to like the vital aspects of our sensitivity of our awareness so it's time now to allow the fear and the resistances go so she or the spirit can enter and we can give ourselves up and reconnect to the natural web of life force that's actually is us but is far fucking beyond us yeah you know so terence mckenna used to call this um these plant medicines scrub our cultural conditioning and bring out that our true selves and there's there's a lot to unpack in what you said i've heard similar stories um of uh, ayahuasca experiences and uh, salar uh, to give you a, a bit of a overview i think so ayahuasca is considered a, a grandmother san pedro is your grandfather and psilocybin are children that guide you the niños <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so the the lesson that these plant medicines give is similar to yeah grandmother how a grandfather would talk to you how a child would talk to you and uh this is primarily the reason why we're doing this podcast is there is so much uh knowledge that people have acquired through these plant medicines uh, i'm not sure if it's in a voice that emanates from inside of the people or if it's an actual it's not necessarily a voice um it's uh it's a conversation inside your soul and the information gets transferred beyond language it's like yeah. an inner knowing that opens yeah. up and funnels into you depending on where you are in your life and what you're ready to receive um all of that plays a role when i was also on in the ceremony um you know once again i i was in the in the forest in the jungle for for months before that integrating and uh giving myself over to to nature melting into her melting into my natural processes as an aspect of her and people from all over the world fly in to do this ceremony in the proper way with these people and um seemingly coincidentally and at random were placed in our seating 
you know, our individual yeah. names. And on my right, I had a friend of mine from Toronto that just happened to be there, placed right beside me. And on the other side, a Russian woman from Toronto that just f- happened to fly in the night before because she was heavily called to do this. Now, uh, lineage work is a different aspect. Uh, you know, there's a reason why you're born into the, the culture that you're born into, that you carry the family that you're born into. All of these things are in- intricately woven puzzle pieces, like you wouldn't believe. And for me to be with these women um, was was uh, vital and pivotal. Now, what I saw, the the Russian woman that just flew in, I mean, in Toronto, it was blizzarding. You know, she's all of a sudden in this jungle, you know, in, in the middle of nowhere doing this plant medicine that she's never tried before with no integration period. You know, she was having a fucking rough time because with especially with the russian lineage there is so much pain like that and especially that the women i mean the men absolutely that are carrying and feeling it's like there is so much war trauma there is so much stripping away of identity of of um bloodshed of manipulation of just like really fucking like shit that you just have to sit with and feel and let that pass through because it gets carried on because the soul needs time to uh shake off the trauma it's like when a gazelle gets chased by you know a lion and it survives it needs to like shake the like the 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 fear and the scarcity yeah. of it off yeah. so it can move on and like relax and go into yeah. its life there's this huge imprint on the soul that happens through these periods and it's waiting for a safe time to be felt and let go and in my experience during that time it's like it was a huge part of what had to move through me and I felt so safe and so held and I could see what was happening. So it's very easy. Now this woman beside me, all of a sudden she's feeling the most immense, most horrendous, most like how can this fucking even happen? This is like beyond like anybody. How can anybody survive this or live through this like excruciating shit? And, you know, like throwing yourself into an ayahuasca experience where you're sensitized, your whole soul is open to bear this shit without doing the work, without integration. You know, it's it's not, it's not, uh, it's going to be rough. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you choose, yeah. okay, but yeah. it's, it's going to be rough and it's not going to be, uh, it might ch- even cause a little more harm. Do you know what happened to her after the ceremony? Like, do you, Well, she, uh, she, you know, she's a brave woman. She shared her experience in the integration circle a couple of days after, 
you know, we all come together and we get a chance to share if we want to any insight in our experience to help integrate together. And, um, you know, she really shared what, what happened to her, but it was, it was kind of like that slap in the face, you know, and that's why I encourage the meditation, living, breathing, and being gentle and, and, um, loving yourself, learning to love yourself more. You know, it's, it's like a plant kind of reaching out towards the light. You know, you, you can't expect it to have the foundations and be strong, you know, if it just like tries to shoot up really quick. Like you need that time to just strive a little, strive a little and like find those paths that open up for you. I totally agree with you. Like, and three months ago, I had a similar. Well, I don't want to say like it's as like intensive as the Russian woman that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but um, I was going through a lot of shit in my life for a very long time. I was like dealing with a breakup and like, um, and somebody stole my car in the past year and on top of that one of my best friends who's like six-year-old friend she scammed me like for a certain amount of money it's like shit hit the fan like over and over and over and it got to the point that i was like i cannot handle this like i really need a relief now i feel my biggest mistake (laughs) was that i felt like if i if i just like take mushrooms or like psychedelic or something that's gonna like that's gonna give me that relief but it went a little sideways so it it's it that's why i really take take the psychedelics really seriously so personally um so let me back up the story so basically what happened is um, Aksha and I, we we had this setup, and uh, we we had made the whole like um, good setup, everything, good music, um, calm. Um, we did meditation before we started cycle. Like we made sure that like you shouldn't really eat much, and like eat like crazy things that like your your stomach can digest. Like things like tea and coffee are okay, but nothing more crazy than that. And then um, we set up the whole, like, we start, like, setting up from, like, 5 p.m. for 8 p.m. that we want to do the mushroom tea. So we started this, and we did um, three grams, close to three grams each, which was, uh, which is not a really high dose. But even with that dosage, we had a complete different experience. Actually, had a very... Um, very calm experience he was seeing shapes i i let him to explain it himself but my experience was after like being in the room after the um, plant kick in and being in a room for like 10 minutes i completely insulate myself from everything and uh isolate myself and i was like i excuse actually and told him i need a break um I need to get out of the room. I need to be alone. So I went to the bathroom and then uh, 
but it wasn't. It I just needed to see myself in the mirror, and then once I saw myself in the mirror, it felt like there are two people. There's not just one person, and there's so much of uh, confliction started like going on. There's a lot of.、Uh, I start seeing like the person that really hates me. That、like, it, it felt like so much of hate in within myself that I I hate myself so much, and I saw that in the mirror, and and it was really hard to connect with that person. So, but my curiosity, because of whatever reason, I had this curiosity that like I really need to.、Um, I need to really find out right now what's going on, and、uh, and there is no other time. This is it. This is this is what you got, and this is what you should do. Now, putting all of these on the side, like I am seeing all the patterns and everything around me that is like swirling, and like my hair like is swirling. The the tiles and like the patterns on the tiles, they were like it looked like they're three D. They're moving around. Everything was moving. Even like the face that I I saw in the mirror. It was like it was moving, and I felt like it's for like milliseconds. I felt like, oh, this is this is not the exact reflection of me.、Um, then I I remember I went to the kitchen, and then、uh, there was a knife that we had, and、uh, we we cut the mushrooms with the knife. <laughs> so I grabbed the knife、uh, with one hand, and I needed the mirror. And I felt the need for the mirror, and I went to the bathroom again. Grabbed the hand mirror, came back to the kitchen, sat down, and、uh, and I started talking to myself. And I start. I had no clue what these like going on, like grabbing the knife and all of these things is basically things that like it comes to your head, and it's like I need that in my hand, and then I just grabbed it in my hand. I need a mirror right now, and I went to grab a mirror. And I had a knife in one hand and a mirror in another, and I look at myself in the mirror, talk to myself for about half an hour, and basically what I was saying is, you either have to deal with this person in the mirror right now and like solve all the conflicts that you have with him, or you gotta end it right right now, because this is if you're gonna keep going like this, keep going like this like to. Keep hating yourself and like going on that path. This is this is not gonna. This is not gonna. This is not a way to live. If you want to live, um, in a in the way the fulfillment of of your own journey that you want to live, you really need to figure this out. Hmm. Well, I'm alive, but <laughs> but um, it was really scary. I was completely convinced that I'm gonna kill myself that night, <laughs> and、uh, and I got scared at some point, and then I put the knife and, and like you know put everything in its own place. I have to like about like took took another like half an hour, just sat in the kitchen, a little like calmed down because I didn't want to、um, also in、uh, make a、um, interference with Akshay's journey. I put everything, <laughs> kept everything in the kitchen, and came back to the room. And Akshay is still laughing. <laughs> and the first thing I'm asking him is like, "Are we in an agreement that we want to still stay live. alive? <laughs> live, yeah, <laughs> to live." And Akshay was like, "Of, of course we want to live. What are you talking about?" <laughs>
<laughs> we shake our hands after that. Yes. We uh, shake hands. <laughs> yes, these things are very... Uh, they give you the right message at the right time. And I think there was a... F- um, coming back to your point of uh, we getting a message right at the moment we need it. I think I felt that after after I read like many, I think it was in 2007, I read this book on Taoism, the way of uh, Taoist and all that stuff. In that book, um, it said, if you, uh, it's really hard to go against the current. So you swim with it. And with, I think, I applied that um, philosophy to my life. And I i mean, there were times when I would just let things happen to me. But then there were times when I'm, I would like try to hold that moment in and like take a step, which is really hard when you become accustomed, like when you become um, accustomed to letting moments dictate your life, a lot of good things happen but then you also get flown away and then there is a point where you have to take control of the situation and okay now i need to make a decision there's a fork in the road now i need to decide whether i'm going to go with this path or that path um so yeah uh so i did that and uh, that has brought me to this podcast uh, where i'm talking about psychedelics now uh, and i think um Yes, people who have a strong grip on the reality where um, they have like, this is what everything is. This is what life is. This is what reality is. It does hit you really hard and like, no, this is what the world is. And you're meaningless in some way. And uh, you're a part of this whole big machinery that you have no idea and yeah you you have to let uh these plant medicine tell you what the what the thing is or yeah i'm I'm not sure if this is a voice of or not the voice but a message of a plant spirit or what if it's your higher self or yeah it's it's just so it's beyond my understanding or anybody i don't know uh, there's definitely there's a there's a different shade of people who have understanding and intuition about different um, aspects of reality and I'm definitely at the very low end of the, that and that's why I want to interview more people and learn as much as I can um, we're all be- the students right yeah <laughs> always learning yeah because I I have ex- like met people who are more intuitive who who have said things about me that are so on point and unless somebody knows me really well could not have picked up um and it and those things were super act like precise that nobody else would have that so it's not like reading a horoscope in a newspaper it's actually like somebody watching me on a security camera and like oh he like those people really like there are intuitive people that really know you well even like at a brief uh contact or like yeah that has really amazed me and i'm like yeah i'm on a yeah 
look out for those people. It's almost like when Batman realizes that there are superheroes living on Earth and in Batman versus Superman, he's out to find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, people have superpowers. I mean, you, I mean you, you go towards a path and you let it touch you and you, you dissolve into it so so what happens is that you actually realize that you're um, projecting Mm -hmm. um like for instance a a little sharing comes to mind um when um you know a, a a a spiritual leader uh to some regard would share oh you know like when i was young and i was traveling and i would see these young people and they were amazing beautiful acrobats and they had this pizzazz and this aliveness and like this that and the other and i just wanted to find my thing like that thing that you know that i'm good at or you know whatever and then i realized oh like i was actually projecting you know that that you know they are none of those things in the way and and neither am i and that i'm actually just you know just this empty vessel through uh, you know this thing coming through and you just kind of respond to what's needed and um it puts me into this groundedness of like throughout my four months of of traveling and being kind of like in this intense earthy fiery like um spiritual incubator i mean yeah uh with a lot of groundedness and a lot of good guidance one of the most profound things was um meeting uh doing a ceremony with a shaman that came from colombia and um he was doing something very controversial in sharing, uh, you know, a traditional ceremony also with Westerners. And it's just this time that, that he, that he got the okay, um, to, to share the medicine with the people because it's a very pivotal time in our history right now. And we need all the help that we can get. So, um, it's this particular ceremony called the vision quest and the vision quest is like, you know, four days, uh, four or five days of ceremony where certain people, um, commit to four years of, um, doing the ceremony and it's a dry fast and you're, you're dry fasting, no water, no food for four days. You get planted into your spot with um, that's bordered around with uh, prayer ties. There's 405 prayers that you do, that you prepare, um, and you get sealed in by um, your support and the shaman, and you sit in prayer for four days, no food, no no water. Meanwhile, on the other side of the river, the entire village is doing 
intense ceremony on your behalf. They completely put aside their own personal story, whatever's happening with them, and they commit to being in complete servitude and ceremony for the other people to give them that spiritual strength, to be their backbone, to let them know that there's a force behind them on um, stripping themselves completely and giving themselves over to life, you know, and, and opening their channels up to receive whatever, you know, the prayer is. And it's this extreme powerful thing of dedicating everything that you eat. We eat on behalf of the people that, that can't. We drink every drink is dedicated to the people that can't. We are in Sweat Lodge um, singing prayer songs and, and for two, three hours a day. Um, taking um, St. Pedro, uh, Peyote, um, uh, and uh, amongst other things. And every moment is dedicated in prayer to give ourselves over, to support them. All this for four or five days. And this experience for me, was so profound in understanding what it means to become the living prayer, what it means to live in service for others, what it means how gratitude is the highest prayer that you can give, what that actually means, what it feels like to step into that and to live into that and to to give yourself over completely in service. Um, that was the most profound teaching. And it completely tied back into the Buddhist teachings and understanding karma and emptiness and what we're doing here because uh, understanding that service is really the highest art that you can possibly master, that you can possibly strive towards, how you can serve other people on their path. This can be in the smallest ways of understanding, you know, the coffee that they like, what makes them happy, how to uplift them in that experience. That means in being sensitive enough to understand what are they open to hearing right now? How can I maybe gently, um, you know, help them get their dream? And it comes back also to um, your your own manifestation in this life because even though we are many in your own life right now you have the master with you you your life you are the most precious thing in your own life and because you wake up and you have this sense of presence, and you have this sense that there is a greater 
being here to support you and you are so close to popping this fucking thing right open so you can wake up and really evolve and understand you know you have that but all of this is your karma it's your mirror and it's the most amazing tool for you to refine to adjust yourself because it's mirroring back to you what's happening inside you when you see somebody really greedy for instance and you're like fuck that person is like really greedy I mean it's obvious I'm seeing and it's their thing you know it means that that aspect is living inside you you know, yeah. it's, yeah. and how you can come to heal that is give them the utmost generosity, plant that seed, heal, heal, they, they get maybe like 10% of that yeah. energy, you get a hundred by stepping into your generosity and helping them feel abundant. You plant the seed in your own mind and yeah. their mind. Yeah. And it's extremely powerful. And what you're doing is also readjusting this internal teacher inside you. And um, so that's how it becomes also a reflection of that internal relationship. But also gives you understanding of the roles that you play in all the people you meet in your whole life that yeah. that every act every thought how you show up in a way you're here for everybody else you're here to serve um you know, I'm I'm yeah, trying yeah. to like weave these, this map that's yeah. really like interconnected yeah. into like why we're here and why yeah. we're seeing the things that we're seeing. There's so much unpack <laughs> in that five-minute monologue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> think, yeah, it's really hard sometimes to like give into those like when you see somebody has a lot of greed or something, and to give them. Uh, like love and stuff it's it's hard but i think when you actually give them love and appreciation it just heals you as well in some yes. way and it's it's really hard but it does yeah i mean it does help you and uh there was a lot of really beautiful nuggets of information like knowledge that you shared and car karma is real it, um so that friend of mine that i told you like um she took that money she actually gave me the money back uh two days ago my entire money and after everything was like done and all that she um she sent me one sentence that like it meant the world to me and it felt it felt like a relief that like karma is real um, that ripple that like that plant that like you you don't want to hurt people like you, you just if you if you plant this inside your 
self that I don't want to hurt anybody. I always want to be kind with everybody. And you just be patient. Be patient until like it comes back. She uh, sent me a text saying af- after everything was done, she paid me back the money, everything. And this is like six months after. Um, she said, can we, uh, I guess we are still, f- uh, we are now friends again. <laughs> you know, it's, and it feels like, well, money is like, it's something that, um, it's just a tool, right? It's something that you pay your debt, you go through your everyday life and all that. When somebody take that, it's not about the greediness. It's not about that. It's it's just like, it brings a little bit like suffering in your life, like a little bit of like negativity because you don't have that tool to pay your debt. Then you have to borrow. Then there's like conflict comes after. Um, but like some some people, they think that yeah, now I replace this. Now I I can replace the value with this as well. But it with the relief though, it's just it feels like it feels it feels like I felt like yeah, I was like yeah, we can be friends, but I need some time. Like I need some time to um to kind of like digest this whole thing. You can always you can always like even like your worst enemy that you will hate with like the most like with the highest feeling of hate that you might have like you you can still if that person feels that comes back and like with the feeling of like i'm sorry like i i hurt you and uh and maybe you hurt me at some point and can can we just like can we just still be human again can we still have like that hard internal connection it's so easy for all of us that we go into this like everyday life and uh and we just don't realize how we are damaging each other (laughs) and we carry that those uh, negative interactions in the back of our head without even realizing that those are like holding us back those are like certain blockages and like yeah, it's it's not really affecting us in a tangible sense, but it's... it's it just, is affecting us in a yeah. tangible sense. Um, yeah. I mean, if you deepen yeah. kind of readings with, with Buddhism, for instance, and, yeah. and the workings of karma, that your thoughts, they they are karmic yeah. seeds. Yeah. So if you are holding on to these yeah. things, you're yeah. actually... Those do create ripples yeah. for those things like your car got stolen. You know, I wonder what ripples of your karma set that out to come back to you in that way. Um, what, you know, what thoughts you were holding yeah. into the interactions that you kept planting. Maybe it was scarcity. Maybe you wanted something that you saw and you kept repeating. I don't know. You know, yeah. but it works on very subtle levels. And, you know, I'm still studying what that actually is, too. I think um, I just I really want to come back to this point of gratitude and service because I think that they're so important to integrate and understand. Um, you know, part of a, a Buddhist teaching is kind of exposing this sense that it took an incredible 
amount of merit, incredible amount of selfless love and compassion to push ourselves into having an alive experience where where we can sustain life, where we can sustain consciousness. And it brings us back to the elements, you know, to, um, to be able to feel hardness, to be able to have a foundation that we can walk on, to, to have um, the current of, of air and movement in our life, to have um, a place of sustenance, to all of a sudden, um, you know, have, have water and to have heat and warmth to sustain all of these things that can sustain um, an alive experience, that it didn't just kind of pop out of nowhere, that it was something that we as beings coming out of um you know a a place where you can be almost born and die instantly because there's not enough around you to sustain life period and to be push pushing yourself out into merit enough that you can actually oh just magically you know be placed on this planet that you know just has the sun just at that degree just so and have like these things that are just so so that we can actually be alive it takes so much goodness to be able to to be alive that's an aspect of it. But another aspect that's beyond maybe Buddhist mysticism is, is to take a very hard look around you and to actually have it be dawn on you how, you know, somebody made this blanket and transferred it to you so you can have it somebody nurtured you somebody gave you a smile today somebody built this thing so we can experience this to actually take a look in your life and notice how much is actually happening how much is gifted to you so you can actually have this experience right now and also the only reason that you are experiencing life as it is right now, also tying back to Buddhism, is that you you gave that to somebody before. You have a roof over your head because you built a house for somebody. You have food on the table because you fed somebody. You have this clothes because you made clothes for somebody somewhere in your karma, in the ripples of aeons, you have provided all of this, you know, and it served to you in this way. Somebody made this for you right now, for your life, through lifetimes and lifetimes, somebody worked and pushed so you can have every little thing around you right now. 
you know, to realize that and not be taken in awe of fucking gratitude <laughs> is like you're fucking crazy not yeah. to see how amazing this is. It's actually really true. It's, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like when, when you like, okay, S sorry, intro. Um, but um, so when I looking back at my experience with the car and all that stuff that happened exactly the past year before that after my um my breakup i became a really negative person i lost i lost friends and i was the reason for it i became super negative i became insultive i became really egocentric person and i lost many friends by numbers that i gained these friendships like by spend time for to get to a level of deep friendship for years and years and I lost all of it in a year and after these things these incidents happened to me it was it was like a hit it came as a package and it just the car the friend everything and it was a hit and it, and then it kind of like and I was like I've been in denial I've been in so much of denial of my actions and there you go I, there there i have it and it's just like as as you just said earlier when you have that as okay so when you're in denial <laughs> you're gonna get hit you're gonna get hit really hard the moment that you get out of the denial then that's the moment that the progress starts. it's not easy it's not like oh it just happens over a day no it's the same thing you have to start building from a scratch you have to start and it's hard to build from scratch it's easy to destroy everything in one day in one second in one hour but like it's really hard to build from scratch not just building money not just building power but building relationships building friendships friendships that means it has a true meaning it has a deeper meaning I think you also need to you need to sow the seeds of happiness and gratitude around you to build that that energy or something back up to a level where you start getting it back and um, it is it is hard but yeah these things do work and when you start being positive you weirdly attract the same positive vibes and uh, vibes is not a word that i like but yeah you start to attract those um those vibes and like you you get to meet people who are on the same wavelength and understanding and it is it is really interesting and amazing which always pops into my head the question of are we living in a virtual simulation because <laughs> it's it's such a intricate system and i i from my own experiences learned learn that every time i'm happy and giving uh expressing gratitude and making people happy nice things would happen and when i close up and become negative things would take a pause for some time and i guess again going back to what you said about somebody did something nice so you can have something uh maybe we should think of our lives as like okay we are living um so i mean we sh we should be sowing seeds of happiness and gratitude in other people so maybe we get back 
in this life or the other life or whatever or i mean i mean it it does make you happy in some way and it also helps somebody in their paths um i think i think with uh, even with friendships and relationships i i felt like i was in touch with a friend uh like and they always like nudged me in a direction uh that was really positive for me and uh so i always look at yeah i guess coincidences occurrences happen the most when you need them and friendship also nudges you in the right direction when you need them and i think that comes to me we should also be when we are more mindful we should be thinking of providing support and service to people around us so that they can be what we what other people were to us when we needed those moments mm-hmm. yeah well it's it's so powerful to to try to seek the way that we can yeah serve each other because yeah. that's the whole interweb of being and um sorry but for me my integration period you know when i came back from four months of traveling and integrating these teachings that took me so much deeper into into my relationship with life and everybody in it you know uh from a place of humbleness um you know when i came back here which is a place i escaped because I felt limited and uninspired and something of me was just like I needed to shake up into aliveness and when I came back and I could see all of these karmic seeds reflected back to me I was like holy fuck I did this you know this was a manifestation that feeling was a manifestation of what I was putting out and what especially my family Now a lot of people have trouble with family because they were like they're like you know your your boss like in a video game they're like the bosses of like really reflecting our fucking shit into our face and like you know shoving our face into it you know uh and and I think we have so much emotional charge with our family members but they're like such pivotal key teachers and when i came back and i understood kind of these workings so much more i was like oh wow everything that i was seeing in them was how i made them feel and when i realized it was entirely like 100% my responsibility it was like okay you know and when i started to get harped at i was like you know what i completely see that and i completely see what a fucking fool i am and like i totally agree and i actually am 100% interested in making you feel good in your life and and making sure that our interaction is positive and that i don't stress you out and it's actually about you you know and giving myself over to that 100% like it's not like i'm lying pretending it's like i really see it that that's what it's about it's not about me like 
defending my honor, blah, blah, blah. It's like I need to step up and being there for my family, which I haven't been. And so when I step into that, fuck, things change so fast. I think that's the most important, you know, uh, approaching your life holistically. And listen, deeply listen to where your next teaching is going to be. But um, I think it's important to seek the tools that have deep roots, deep roots in lineage, deep roots in time um, that you can trust that can really support you and take you to the truth. Not this kind of fanatic, oh, I can, I can, uh, you know, fix you and I can help you. And this kind of spiritual ego stuff that's going around is very dangerous. Um, so seek the, the humble invisible. Um, and it's there. What are the books that you two, um, I have a, I'm not a book reader. I'd like to, I see myself as a more of like a beginner student, but uh, what are the books that for absolute beginners like me that you two recommend? Just like, you know, as a practice, just to start. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I read books here and there, but for me, it's a very alive practice. Um, and I would seek actually the people that hold a quality of presence and understanding that just being around them, the, the intelligence is being transferred. But at the same time, like I said, um, you know, certain people like Geshe Michael Roach for me has been like, I resonate with with his energy and his transference so much that it works for me. And that might not be a good fit for you, you know, but I I trust him because I see how much work he's done. I see, you know, all the training I see. Um, and he, like, if you were interested in taking a look at at his work, he created a database called Knowledge Base, where he actually transcribes and uh, has done so much work throughout years of um, taking old sutras and um, uh, doing meditations around them, actually translating them into English, which nobody has done with that level of expertise and understanding before. He has actually um, created uh, courses, free, 100% free courses online that you can take, that you can listen to with readings, with tests and quizzes, with things like that that you can take that are super interactive. But again, the most, I think, amazing thing you can do is actually be in the presence of people so you can see an example because this thing is far more than just understanding concepts here. It's a living, breathing organism that we are. And it's important to like, uh, yeah, there's so much more that you get out of that. So that's what I recommend. 
yeah it's I, i think it'll be really hard for us to top this podcast there's so <laughs> much of knowledge and uh key uh nuggets of i guess the same word i said a few minutes ago uh, i mean half an hour ago wisdom in this podcast um yeah i think we should just let it sink in and like come back again <laughs> yeah come back again <laughs> yeah well thank you so much alina for joining us actually it's yeah. technically your podcast i'm just like <laughs> kind of like you yeah. know jumping in naked but naked like yeah. hey <laughs> but um, no you're very much part of this and i think it's it's our uh, journey and learning experience together um and um, yeah i definitely want you to learn as much as like uh, as as much as there is to learn outside and uh, since since we work together on some projects and stuff yeah i we i i want both of us to understand these things thank you thank you i Thanks. um i have this idea in my head that i like to finish this with talking about what we are grateful <laughs> and personally i'm really grateful um for being alive <laughs> and uh having friends like Akshay that motivate me and Elena and Elena meeting Elena for me it was a crazy experience because <laughs> first time i guess i hired you as a model with yeah <laughs> for wow. yeah and crazy. and she showed up with the boxing gloves <laughs> and i was like oh boy <laughs> um but um it's you can see through people's heart it's it's not like um and i i really appreciate the trust that you had like likewise for me and all that so these are the things i'm i'm really grateful for people around me for my family everything living in toronto is fucking amazing mm. <laughs> so i guess i'm grateful for the way the reality exists and the way we can explore our minds we can explore the fabric of the universe and uh, there is so much more to learn i can't even yeah any time i try to put like i want to learn this 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 i think like there's probably a lot more things than this mm I'm really grateful for you too for uh taking on this big project for having the intention to explore this and expand and and share it with other people. I think that's so beautiful and the fact that you're using each other as karmic partners to like, you know, push each other forward is so inspirational and the fact that I get to be uh invited into into this and um and to share this which uh is such a huge gift for me is such a huge huge gift because i i don't get a lot of ways into which to kind of like share these experiences that mean the world to me and um so grateful for your hospitality so grateful for your quality of listening um so proud of you guys thanks thank you thank you see you guys next week <laughs> <laughs> yes